Welcome to Interview Reenactment Theater. What you're about to listen to is a real interview conducted in 1995 between Next Generation Magazine and Tom Zito, the co-founder of Digital Pictures. Throughout the 1990s, Tom and his company released a series of controversial full-motion video games, including Night Trap, Sewer Shark, Double Switch, Corpse Killer, and Power Factory, featuring CNC Music Factory. Backed into a corner, we see Tom on the defensive, making this a fascinating interview. Unfortunately, there's no audio from this conversation on the internet, and the original interview is only available via a printed magazine, which hasn't been in circulation for nearly two decades. But we at Defunct Games feel it's vitally important to preserve these interviews. That way, future generations can learn from our past mistakes. For today's episode, I will be playing the part of Next Generation Magazine. Tom Zito will be played by Jed Presgrove, the Mississippi-based writer behind Game Bias. Believe it or not, this is a real interview that was featured in a nationally published magazine. We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Interview Reenactment Theater. Hello, Tom. So let's get right to it. Full motion videos got a terrible reputation. Right? Right. But we've done some really interesting focus groups with gamers. You could say to somebody that we're going to give them a really great FMV video game to play. They say, so what? I don't want to see it. Full motion video stinks. But if you don't set out that way, and instead simply show them a good product like Supreme Warrior, interestingly enough, they say, this is an interesting video game. And man, the graphics are awesome. That's what they talk about. The graphics. It's better than Doom because they're real people. They're real people. Is the real-life look the single biggest advantage in using full-motion video? We think of the camera as a sourcing device for in-game graphics. Could graphics be done in other ways? Sure. But would they be as effective? Probably not. If you look at Maximum Surge, does the experience of playing that game change because you find yourself in a battle with Yasmin Bleeth? I think it does. Of course, it still needs to be a good game. If you look at quarterback attack, there's no way, in my opinion, that even the best computer graphics or the best polygon rendering capabilities could do the same job of really simulating what it feels like to be down on a line of scrimmage with 11 300-pound guys who want to kill you. Sure, but full-motion video games are notorious for their lack of player control, and a football game with no player control would suck. There's an FMV football game that came out from one of our competitors called Quarterback Challenge. You were the coach, you decided what play to run, and then just sat back and watched it. Now that's a crappy FMV game. Now what we've tried to do is say, what kind of experience can we deliver to a player that he couldn't have without film? And that's what we deliver in Quarterback Attack. And you believe that video offers a sense of realism that computer graphics never can? What we do is put people in worlds that they would otherwise never experience. In Supreme Warrior, you actually get a chance to go up against 12 of the best real martial artists in the world. To me, that's a much more interesting place to be than watching myself represented on a flat screen, flailing away at a cartoon. Sure, it's great to watch the characters of Virtual Fighter 2 because they are beautiful. They are art creations unto themselves. But you'll never get that fear for your life that you get in Supreme Warrior when one of the bodyguards is about to pummel your face. 
But even when playing a full motion video game, you know it's not really real. You still have to muster a significant suspension of disbelief to get over the fact that you're just looking at a TV set in the comfort of your own home. So if you can make the jump in imagination big enough to get over that, surely you can get into the characters in Virtua Fighter 2. When you're watching a cartoon or animated character, they are essentially the same thing. There are certain emotions and unavoidable human reactions that you leave at home. Sure, you have all the pride of watching your animated character pummel an enemy into the ground, but there are certain human gut reactions that can only be triggered by seeing another human. Real people produce real reactions, and that's what we're after. For example, I personally could never really care enough about the Princess Zelda to spend the 40 hours I needed to spend battling through the forest in order to rescue her. But don't graphics essentially become invisible once you've gotten into a game? Aren't they merely a visual metaphor for the battle of reflexes and strategy between the player and the guy who created the game's AI? In the case of computer graphics, maybe. But I believe that film is always new and always stunning. There are visuals that you can deliver using film that you could never in a computer graphics game. You can show things that you will be shocked and surprised by. That's what I love about film. The director gives you an experience. In film, sure. But when you're playing a game... After a while, you don't really notice the resolution of the enemy. You simply realize that there's an enemy there and you have to kill it. Okay, so what do you think makes Dark Forces a better game than Doom? From a conceptual point of view, it's the fact that the game takes place in the Star Wars universe, a world that we're all familiar with. Absolutely. And in my opinion, the best thing about Dark Forces is all the little things they do to cheat you into believing that you really are inside a Star Wars movie. Because that's where the emotional resonance of that game comes from. It's the simplest things that they do, which I think are brilliantly effective. Like they have a guy who sounds just like a stormtrooper in Star Wars saying, You! Leave this area immediately! The credits scroll like on the movies, the music's there, they continually remind you that you are in the Star Wars universe. And this adds a lot to the game. Now we at Digital Pictures are doing a similar thing with our games. We offer real, believable worlds. And because we're using video, we're better at it than even LucasArts. Okay. So how do you explain the fact that games like Pong, Pac-Man, and Asteroids, games with the most basic of graphics, were such big hits? I would answer that with a question. How many people this year went out and bought Activision's Atari six-pack of these old games to the PC? Not many. Sure, the games are terrific. Pitfall, Missile Command, River Raid. But no one wants to play them now. Back then when they were hits, they were the only games around. Sure, but books don't have fancy graphics, yet books are usually a lot more immersive and compelling than movies of books. Not always. One of my favorite books was The French Lieutenant's Woman. And despite John Fowles fighting for years against anyone making a movie of it, eventually a movie was made by Pinter. And I think the movie communicated better what Fowles was trying to accomplish in the book. I admit that this is the exception. Other examples would be Apocalypse Now or Jaws. One of the biggest problems with full motion video is showing and moving video about the screen takes up a lot of processing power. Essentially, if you're going to use video, you're going to have to sacrifice some measure of controllability because the player is simply turning on or off a different video clip. Doing a game like Maximum Surge, first and foremost, we sat down and said, let's give somebody a good game to play. And then we backed up from there and said, where can I steal away certain amounts of interactivity? so that instead we can immerse people in a world that is so real that they enjoy being in this world a lot more than being in the Doom world. So, how does stealing away certain amounts of interactivity 
translate to gameplay. The reality is that in Maximum Surge, there is a sequence in which you have to fight your way down corridors, shooting bad guys, hiding behind barriers, and dodging bullets. Now we have stolen interactivity to the extent that you can move forward and backward down the corridor only in four foot increments. In Doom, however, you could take steps of just a few millimeters. How much of a sacrifice or hit have we taken in the game design to do that? I think we know that pragmatically, it's not a whole lot. Stealing interactivity is a crucial key concept here. The easiest and most accepted way of stealing interactivity is a technique often used in graphic adventures. For example, your character is in a room, and you want him to walk over to the window and open it. In this instance, it's perfectly okay for the player to just click on the window and have the character walk over to the window by himself. It's kind of redundant to make the player have to guide him over to the window manually. In this instance, you can steal interactivity and cut to some impressive graphics. But Maximum Surge isn't a graphic adventure, it's an action game. Surely, in an action game, stealing interactivity is perilously dangerous. We're sacrificing something in order to give you something else. So what if the next camera step forward is four feet? Instead of giving you a camera step of two feet, I'm giving you another target so that you can kill somebody. And you can kill that somebody with a degree of payoff. You see a real person, which you never can see even in Doom. But to create the true feeling of immersion into the game, how the world looks is only half of the battle. How it feels to move around the world is of equal importance. Surely, to a certain extent, if a player tries to take a two-foot step, or tries to attack a bad guy from behind and realizes that they can't, because you have stolen that level of interactivity, then the illusion of being in a real world is ruined. The feeling of immersion is shattered instantaneously. Sure, and if this game begged in your mind the question, what does the enemy look like from behind and you could never see, then sure, it would suck. But we designed it such that by the time you may think about that, you have new enemies to deal with. When you talk of limiting the degree of interaction to what is only useful and interesting, that's not really a choice that you're purposely making. It's a reality forced by the power limitations of the machine. You couldn't provide as much interaction as a game like Doom in a full-motion video-based game. So to say that you choose not to is, perhaps, a little audacious. It's a combination of choice and technical limitation, but as it is right now, I think there is more gameplay in Maximum Surge than in Doom. But in trying to provide both graphics and controllability, there has to be some sort of trade-off. You can have a great-looking game in which every image looks like a photograph, or a very simple game over which the player has ultimate controllability. A computer can only do so much work, so you can't have both. So in trying to provide both great graphics and smooth controllability, there is some sort of trade-off between the two, how do you decide where to steal interactivity and sacrifice one over the other? You base your choice of how much graphics, how much interaction, on game design choice and experience. For example, in Quarterback Attack, we offer an experience that cannot be matched by any other product on the market. Sure, in our game, you can't do something like turning around and running the other way down the field like you could in, say, Madden. You are confined to some preset options. But the question is, who would want to run the wrong way down the field? No quarterback in his right mind would do that. So how important is that to the game player? I think it's just a conceptual, hypothetical issue as opposed to any enhancement to the experience of playing the game. Instead, what we offer is the feeling that you're actually down on a field with 350-pound guys trying to throw a pass with a sense of verisimilitude. 
The only basic difference between our FMV-based game and one like Madden is that in the other games, you can do things that you would never do in a real football game, and you never fear for your life. Okay, but in a CG free space world like Madden, by the time you've picked your formation, picked your play, picked your receiver, uh, maneuvered your quarterback manually into the pocket, dodged a tackle or two, and then finally thrown the ball, there's an infinite number of variations. There's a very real chance that every single play is unique and that no one has seen the exact same play twice. It could be argued that this, therefore, is more real. If you think that all those plays on Madden look different, then we have very different definitions of different. To me, Madden looks like a TV screen full of little green ants. So I say, look, that ant is a millimeter over to the right this time. Big deal. Instead of simply having a game screen full of video, Maximum Surge looks like a traditional video game, but with pieces of video replacing computer graphics. The look is very distinctive. Basically, we've taken all the targets from the game and sourced them with real people. Real video. So you have real Hollywood costumes and you have guys in alien suits, and these are unlike anything an artist or renderer will ever produce. Maximum Surge is really the first game in which we use the camera as a tool rather than as a recording device. Just as if you were going to create Doom, you would go to an SGI workstation and create all the pieces of Doom as computer graphics. In Maximum Surge, we have taken a video camera and done exactly the same thing. We then assemble an image that looks real, but in fact isn't. So why the change of direction from the traditional full-motion video-based games? That's for a couple of reasons. It's partially because the technology now allows us to do this. We couldn't do it, for example, on the Sega CD, which was a platform we started out on. It's partly because, as we've learned how to make better and better games. And making good games has always been the goal. If you go back to the early days, was Night Trap a good game? I don't know. I thought it was a good game, but a lot of people didn't. And because we can build on things we've done in the past. For example, in Ground Zero Texas, we learned how to blow the living bejesus out of an android. We can now create a game where you can blow the living bejesus out of many, many androids in a way that's much less restrictive than it was in Ground Zero Texas. Do you acknowledge that you're racing against technology? Won't the processing power in the future home consoles eventually produce rendered on-the-fly computer graphics that equal the resolution of video-sourced or full-motion graphics? Sure it will. But the rendering technology necessary to make a computer graphics world created on the fly anywhere near as realistic as video footage is probably 10 years away from the home. To be able to get a rendered image at a price that makes sense for the home that can give you the kind of nuance and subtlety that molecules and photographic films can is way off. So will you continue to work with video? Yes. What we try to do with video is to create an environment where you get caught up in what you're doing, an environment in which you feel like what you're doing makes a difference. And I think that, at least for me, it's a lot easier to feel like I'm making a difference if a real person is actually talking to me in a context that makes sense given what I've just done. Versus, you know, I couldn't give a shit about rescuing Princess Toadstool. That doesn't have any meaning to me. So digital pictures games have evolved from Night Trap to Maximum Surge. Gradually, you've managed to do more and more with your full motion video raw material. Are the days of the old full motion video game now over? I've got to say, I hope so. Yes. I would like to thank Tom Zito for meeting with Next Generation Magazine. I'd also like to thank Next Generation Magazine for publishing this interview. 
Without it, this reenactment would not have been possible. And a big thank you goes out to Jed Pressgrove. Make sure and check out his work at gamebias.wordpress.com. And don't forget to read his retro reviews on defunct games. After this interview, Tom Zito continued his work on full motion video games. Set for a 1996 release, Maximum Surge was ultimately cancelled. Six years later, Digital Pictures went out of business. Next Generation was right. Tom was racing against technology. It wasn't long before those tiny Madden ants became as realistic as full motion video. Tom may still not care about saving Princess Zelda, but there's no question that video games have become more cinematic. Perhaps Night Trap had something to do with that. Thank you again for listening, and join us next week for another reenactment. For more information, interviews, and reviews, please check out defunctgames.com, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at defunctgames.